0: Well, good morning family. Everybody doing okay today? Everybody doing well? How many guys like this weather a little bit better than last week? I like it. Come on. Okay. How many guys like hot weather? Hot weather. Weirdies. Bunch of crazy people. How many like cool weather? Come on now. Come on. See, the way I look at it, if I'm cold, I can always put on clothes. But if I'm hot, I can only take off so much before I go to jail. Uh, so, anyway, hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is James, I'm the pastor here, I'm glad you're here with us, you're the Bible, hey, it's Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday, so all over the world for hundreds of years, really, Christians have celebrated this as the Holy Week, meaning this is the week leading up to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and and the Palm Sunday, of course, is when we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, as he came in, and, and everyone was celebrating him as the Messiah, because they thought he was going to overthrow the Romans. The whole time, though, Jesus knew where that journey was going to end. And that journey ultimately was going to end with his betrayal and, and death on the cross, um, but also his resurrection. But what the word says is that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And as he was riding in on that little donkey into Jerusalem, I believe supernaturally He was able to see our faces. He was able to see our lives. He's able to see the call, the purpose, and the destiny that each one of us have in Him. And it was that that enabled Him to go into that with full confidence, with the joy set before Him to endure the cross. Uh, we're actually going to take communion today as we remember that sacrifice that He made and as we prepare it for next weekend with Easter weekend. We'll talk more about that later on, but I want to get into the Word. So in the one-year Bible reading, Luke chapter 5, that's what we're going to look at today. And this is a question that we're going to answer. How do we respond to failure? How do we respond to failure? Any of you ever dealt with some failure in your life? Come on, be honest in church. Come on. All right. Okay, now anybody that didn't raise your hand, you're either lying or you're just like really, really perfect and probably feel like you fluttered in here on angels' wings and perched yourself in your chair. And and, and by the way, everyone likes you a lot. Uh, but, but all of us are probably at one point or another have experienced... Some level of failure. And by failure, I'm not talking about like that time you tried to make little mermaid cookies for your daughter's princess party and they wind up coming out looking like Donald Trump. That's not the kind of failure I'm talking about. It's not like hashtag bake fail type failures. I'm talking about those times when you took a big risk, you did something difficult, maybe life-changing, but you fell flat on your face type failures. Probably all of us have experienced that at one point or another. Some of you, you haven't failed in 20 years because you haven't taken any risk you haven't done anything that really puts you in a vulnerable position where you could fail but here's the truth, failure is a part of life it's a, it's a part of life but most of the time we like talking a lot more about our successes than our failures right, it's a lot easier to talk about our successes but we have to understand that failure is a part of life, they're going to come so how do we handle it I want you to write this down Everyone fails. Turn to your neighbor. Say, he's talking to you right now. Okay. That's really encouraging so far, right? Look, maybe you failed big time already this year. New Year's resolutions. Hello. How's that going for you? Still in the gym. Still committed to this thing, right? Well, a lot of times that's not the case. Maybe you feel like you've fallen back into an old habit, an old sin. Maybe you feel like you failed at school. Maybe you feel like you failed at your job. Maybe you fail at controlling your emotions when a little cray-cray on your job or your boss or a police officer or someone else, your kids, your wife. All of us fail at one point or another. Maybe even this week you feel like you've failed as as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, D, all the above. Have I described any of you today? Welcome to New Life Church where you can always feel encouraged in Jesus' name. I've failed plenty, uh, even in ministry. One of the things I appreciate about Pastor Rick is anytime we hire a new team member, a new pastor, someone on our staff, one of the, the things that we'll ask them is, what is the time in your life when you failed? As pastor Rick, he doesn't like having a bunch of people around him that have never failed because he understands that it's through failure that we develop character. But it's all in how we respond to the failure that achieves that. So every pastor around you at one point or another, guess what? We've failed, every single one of us. I know that instills a lot of confidence in you about your leadership, but but it's the truth. But I'm thankful for that because that's the kind of grace that God has on us. God gives us the opportunity to fail, but it's all in how we respond that makes the difference. So as we face failure, the difference maker is how do we respond to it? And that would be the question I want you to answer for yourself. How are you responding to the failure in your life? Luke chapter 5, I want to set this up a little bit. Um, Jesus is getting ready to do another miracle. A lot of times when Jesus does a miracle, it's just because of his love and compassion for someone. And we've already seen that in Luke chapter 3 and 4. Just miracles that Jesus did just because he loves people. Sometimes there's multiple purposes in what he does. Sometimes when he does a miracle, it's more like a parable. He's trying to teach us something. He's trying to give us some truth. He's trying to help some person, an individual, around that miracle to get a deep revelation about who he is and his plan for their life. And that's the case with this miracle today. Specifically, it's, it's surrounding Peter and how to deal with failure, how to help him through those failures. So in Luke. Chapter 5, verse 1, New Living Translation. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, a great crowd pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them where they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who would later be called Peter, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Okay, there's two reasons why I think that Jesus did this. First of all, there's a practical reason. If you have big crowds of people pressing in on you, it's going to be difficult for everyone to hear because just the bodies in front of you are absorbing the sound, so the word's not getting out there. Well, Jesus being God in the flesh, he understands how acoustics work. So he get in the boat, and as he gets out on the water, the water actually helps carry the sound to the crowd so it 's a very practical, very cool reason why he did that, but it 's also for a much bigger reason, and that is that he 's getting ready to move in peter 's life he 's getting ready to help Peter to understand how to respond to failure and I think this is very prophetic because obviously Jesus knows what 's in the future in regards to Peter. He knows that Peter is going to face a time and, a, and an opportunity. And in that opportunity, Peter is going to fail, and one of the greatest failures of his life in denying Jesus. But I believe in how God or how Jesus is helping Peter in this moment with this situation and how to respond to failure, helps him when he makes that failure later on, know how to respond, know how to rebound, to understand the opportunity and the grace that comes from God. Luke 5, verse 4 through 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. <sighs> but if you say so, I'll let down the nat, the nets down again. Now you can't always read the tone in the word of God, but we know that Peter was this kind of guy who's a loud mouth. He's always running his mouth. Putting his foot in his mouth, saying stuff he shouldn't say. So I would guess that he's very passionate in saying this. Like, look, Jesus, we've been at this all night long for nothing. We have gotten nothing. You ever feel like that in life? You ever feel like, man, I'm just, I've been working like crazy. And I've got nothing to show for it. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. Look, like I'll tell you, there, there, there are many days when I'll come home from, from a day of of counseling and meetings and all this kind of stuff, and I'll come home, and sometimes it's, it's not always easy because I'm, I'm walking in a house, and four kids and my wife, and I'm trying to be there for them and, and help her and all this. And I'll just tell you, sometimes I'm just, I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. I don't have a lot to give. One of the pastors on our staff, he's talking about this dynamic of going home, and his wife just asking, hey, can you just help me kind of clean up around the house a little bit? Like, at least clean up your clothes in your own closet. I don't have that problem, right, sweetheart? Cause I'm like perfect when it comes to cleaning up stuff. But, uh, but this guy, a guy I knew, uh, he was having a hard time just keeping his own clothes picked up. So she's like, like, can you just like pick up your nasty underwear off the floor and put that away? And he's like, okay, fine. I'm exhausted. My back hurts. My feet hurt, but I'll help you, I guess. Later on, he, he got on, uh, he got on the interwebs. And uh, he found this research that the Norwegians did. Uh, he found it on Facebook. Uh, so, you know, scientific research on Facebook, always a good combination. Always. It's always got to be good information you get off Facebook. That this, this research showed that the men who help or feel pressured to help in increasing measure with household chores are more likely to get divorced. So this pastor thought it wise to print that out. And show it to his wife. She's like, see, sweetheart, it's not that I don't want to help. I'm saving our marriage. Well, she was smart, too. And she went and got with some other pastor's wives, and they came up with their own research, brought it back and presented it to him. And the research showed that men who do not help around the house with household chores are way more likely to die in their sleep. <laughs> so... So he decided he was going to go ahead and help. <laughs> Peter says, look, I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. The, the, the word he used, this word works, it's actually the word toil, to grow weary. The rest of that def- definition, in other words, to be utterly spiritless. Man, I think that resonates in some of you. You're just working hard all the time. You've gotten to a place where you j- you've lost the spirit of joy. Around what you do in your life. You're working hard on your life. You're working hard on your marriage. And you're working hard on relationship. On your job. But it just feels like it's adding up to nothing. You ever feel like you just try so hard. But it's never enough. Any moms ever feel that way? I know that that probably relates to you. Peter told Jesus. Look I've come up empty. I've failed. I have an empty net to prove it you have to understand this is huge because you don't you got paid daily in that culture so him not catching anything that was huge for him it's huge for his livelihood it's huge for his family he's discouraged there's two responses to failure when it comes to it you can either fail forward or you can fail backwards i want to talk about how you can fail backwards first first of all you fail backwards when you keep repeating the same mistakes second peter 2:22 says this there's an old saying It goes like this, a dog came back to what he has vomited, and a pig has washed, only to come back and wallow in the mud again. That is the way it is with those who turn again to their sin. Pretty interesting graphic pictures there. I don't know if you've ever had a dog that had an issue with vomiting, but it's the most disgusting thing when they do that, but then come back and eat it again, okay? But... I think it's important because this is painting a picture of exactly what we can do with our sin. Now, now when I say this, a lot of you, I know for myself, what I default to is just the obvious of, yeah, repeating the sin, right? But I would say most of us, the biggest issue that we have is not repeating the sin. The biggest issue of how we go back to our sin is that we get consumed and controlled by the shame, the guilt, and the condemnation of sin. That's the way that most of us go back to our sin. But here's what I've noticed in my own life. The more I go back and focus on the guilt and the shame the condemnation of my mistakes, my failures, my sin, the more likely I am to repeat it. The more likely that I'm going to find myself in a cycle. Why? Because God is, has, has saved us and He's restored us. But we have to replace those thoughts of condemnation and shame and guilt with the truth of His Word. With the truth of what His Son Jesus did on the cross so that we don't have to revisit those sins again. So often we just don't change anything. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so many of us, that's where we find ourselves. And even though we're communicating this word right now, you may even be amen, and you may even be writing some of this down. So many of us, we will leave this service today and go right back to our sin. We will revisit the shame of it, or we will revisit it and repeat it. And that is one of the ways that I think so often, when we fail, we fail backwards. Because we don't replace the memory, we don't replace the action with something that is from Jesus. Something that is from God. Proverbs 28.13 says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. How many of you guys are thankful we serve a God of second chances? Amen? But it's not just second chances. It's third chances, fourth chances. You can't put a number on how good God's grace is and His love is. If, if he can repent and turn away from it. Admit it, though. You've got to be humble enough to admit it. God will help you. Another way we can fail backwards is, is just when we give up too soon. We just give up too soon. Failure doesn't make you a failure unless you quit. Failure does not make you a failure unless you just give up. You just quit. That's when failure has the impact. But you give it permission. You're the one that decides whether or not it allows you allow it to define you or if it's just a part of something you did. Did you know that Walt Disney you ever heard of Walt Disney? Anybody ever heard of Walt Disney? Okay. Probably watched some of the movies. Uh, I've watched them all hundreds of times. Uh, Walt Disney was working for a newspaper early in his career, and he was fired from that newspaper. His boss told him that he lacked creativity. He got fired for a lack of creativity. Basically, his his boss just came and was like, man, you just got nothing good to say. Years down the road, the Walt Disney Company... Bought ABC. ABC owned the newspaper company. That fired him. If Walt Disney had a mic. He would have dropped it. But he didn't give up. He didn't give up. There's so many stories of people. That they failed over and over and over again. Throughout the word of God. It's constant. But as long as they didn't give up. And they didn't quit too soon. God was still going to work and work through their life. I've heard people say, look, I've, just, I've wasted the best years of my life, and, and so now I just think it's in my past. I've wasted the last 20 years of my life, so it's just too late for me to do anything. Look, I just want to let you know, God doesn't do math the way you do math. And how it adds up in your mind, from a natural standpoint, you're right. There's no hope. But the way God works, there's always hope. We just got done reading about Moses. Hello, this dude was 80 years old when he led the nation of Israel, into the wilderness, 80 years old. So some of you may think, oh, "Now the best years of my life are gone. No, 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 no. I want you to take two fingers like this. Everybody like this. Like I'm, We're not going to do a Boy Scout thing or whatever, but I want you to take this. Come on. I'm at, everybody take two fingers like this. Don't make me call you out. Okay, put it right here on your neck. Okay? Find your pulse. You feel that? That's called opportunity. And as long as you're sucking air on this planet, God can use you. And every time you wake up, it doesn't matter if you're going to live the rest of that day or not, you wake up every day and say, as long as I can feel this and I can take a breath, God can still use me. And I'm going to look for those opportunities to be used. And I'm not going to give up before, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trusting God and allow him to use me. Amen. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not go weary in doing good for in due season we'll reap if we don't give up. If We don't give up. Going back to Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. Simon Peter replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. If you say so, I'll let down the nets again. Some of you here today, you need to hear those words. You need to hear the words, put down your net again. It's time to put your net down again. It's time to try it. It's time to... Give God another chance. Trust him again. Put down your nets again. Something changed in Peter. Something changed in Peter because he got done complaining, but then he but then he said, okay, okay. If you say to do it, then I'm going to do it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, if you say it, I'll do it. Nevertheless, if you say it, I'll do it. So how do we fail forward? First of all, you've got to invite Jesus into your boat. Peter, in order to get over his failure, had to give Jesus full access. You've got to invite Jesus into your job. You've got to invite Jesus into your marriage. You've got to invite Jesus into that relationship. You've got to invite Jesus into that circumstance. You've got to let him have control. You've got to give him total surrender in your life. When something is going wrong in your life, you need to understand, you can have the wrong who or the wrong what in your boat. And when something is going wrong in your life, it's usually because you've given access into your boat to the wrong thing or the wrong person. It's the wrong advice. It's the wrong relationship. It's a dependency on the wrong things. It's a dependency on the next politician or that bottle of pills. But you allow the wrong things into your life and you depend on those things instead of Jesus. Eventually, your boat is going to sink. It's going to sink. You have to be aware some of you businessmen, man, you're constantly just trying to figure out and getting advice and figure out where am I going to invest in that and how am I going to make this decision and how am I going to get through this quarter and how am I going to do this? Look, if you want success, it's going to start first and foremost with you bringing Jesus into the process. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, you're going to have a difficult time finding success. You've got to invite him in. Listen, there's, there's our way and there's Jesus' way. Look, they'd fishing for 10 hours and caught nothing. They went fishing for Jesus for 10 minutes and got everything that they would ever need. So, my dad used to say, you're either going to work smart or you're going to work hard. <laughs> Trust me, you want Jesus on your boat if you want to work smart. He'll bless it. He'll take care of you. I think a lot of times we, we tell Jesus that we want him to, to take care of spiritual issues in our life, but we don't really give Him control over the practical areas of our life. We compartmentalize Jesus. It's like, yes, Jesus with my family, yes, I need you. But when I'm away from my kids and it comes to my marriage, no, not so much. And other areas of your life where you're like, when it comes to my private life, yes, Jesus. But when it comes to who I am in the public, no. When it comes to my needs, yes, Jesus. But when it comes to giving, not so much. And Jesus wants to work in every area of your life. But you have to give him full access. I want you to notice the sequence. First, Peter gives Jesus his boat as a platform for his kingdom. He says, Jesus, I'm going to give you my boat and let you use it as a microphone for your kingdom started with that and then second because he trusted him with that and gave Jesus that as a platform for his kingdom Jesus blessed him with everything he needed I wonder what it would look like if in every area in every part of our lives Jesus had a platform I wonder what it would look like if Jesus had a platform on our finances, if Jesus had a platform in our marriage, if Jesus had a platform with our kids, if Jesus had the platform of our job. I wonder what it would look like next week and if every one of us went into this week and we said, none of it is mine and in every area I'm inviting Jesus in and I'm going to give Jesus full access to have full platform to use every area of my life to build the kingdom of God. I wonder what it would look like and how many lives would be changed next weekend as they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ if all of us made the decision today that Jesus was invited on our boat to have full control over every area of our lives. I wonder what it would look like. Secondly, Jesus blessed him because of it. He took care of him. This is a kingdom principle. Matthew six thirty-three: seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Be added unto you. Number two, if you want to fail for, you've got to obey. You've got to obey. Jesus tells us what to do. He gives us instruction in his word of how to live, a process, a blessing, the prospect, the process of success. But we have to be obedient to it. When he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, now. Okay? So he's giving him the win. Now go out where it's deep. There he's giving him the where. The when, the where, and let your nets down. The how. To catch some fish. He gave him clear instructions. God is always speaking to us. And even if we can't hear him in our time of prayer, he speaks to us through the body of Christ. He speaks to us through his word. And he's giving us instructions on how to overcome failure and how to fail forward. When he gives it to us, then it's in our court. We have to choose whether or not we're going to be obedient, trust him, step out. Obedience is difficult because obedience takes faith. But as we do that, I I know that God is going to show up. And just like Jesus did with Peter, not only is, is he going to take care of us, but he's going to give us more than we could have ever hoped for or imagined. I want you to notice Peter's reaction because he just got done complaining. Then he says, but if you say so, I'll do it. This takes some humility. Because he could have just said, look, Jesus, I'm the professional fisherman. You're the carpenter. If I need help with my Pinterest Pallet project, I'll call you. But leave the fishing to me. I think in my own life, I can get to a place where I feel like I've done this a hundred times. I've done it a thousand times. I've got it. God can't work with that. It's only when we say, we're going to trust you. We're going to be obedient. Whatever you ask us to do. So some of you, I don't know what he's asking you to be obedient in. It may be he's asking you to be obedient and, and trusting him as your Lord and Savior. It may be that you've done that, but you've never gone public with that decision. Maybe your next step of obedience and inviting him into your boat is going public with that decision through water baptism. Maybe it's just that you've never truly been committed to the body of Christ in the local church. Maybe he's asked you to be a part of a life group and, and you've resisted that and you've pushed it off. I don't know what it is. And he's asking you to be obedient, but I know this. The only way that you know how to respond and deal with the failures in life that will come, you have to trust him, invite him into your boat and then to be obedient to what he asks you to do. Amen? It says this. When he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. So many, their nets were breaking. Come on, how many of you guys want that kind of blessing in your life? Amen. I'm sorry, there's like eight of you that want the blessings of God. So I just want, how many of you guys want this in your life? Come on now. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. The rest of that story was, is once that happened, it says that they left everything. They left everything and they followed Jesus. That's where some of you are right now. It's, it's time to follow Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Him this morning. If you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's the most important decision you could ever make. And maybe you have before, but you need to rededicate your life. You just need to get back on track. He, he, maybe you kind of kicked Him off the boat for a little bit, but you're, you're ready to have Him come back. If you're one of those people, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up right now over this room, and I want to include you in this prayer. As soon as I see you, put your hand down. Got it right here. Got it at the back. Thanks. Got you. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There at the back. Thanks. Yes, sir. Got it. Got you, buddy. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Got you over here to my side. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Just be obedient. Look. This is not a time to be stubborn. If God's speaking to you, don't be stubborn. Just just respond. I see you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. God will honor it. God will honor it. Thanks. See you. All right. We had quite a lot of few people raise your hand. Praise God for that. Every person that just raised your hand. Look, this is not a complicated thing. You just need to be honest with them just have an honest conversation with him right there in your seat. Just say, God, here's my life. I know that I have sinned more times than I can count. I've failed more times than I can count. I know I can't save myself. And Right now, by faith, I just believe that you, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I invite you right now to have complete control of my life. I need you as my Lord. And I thank you that that... that As my Lord, you also save me. You save me from my sin and you forgive me. You forgive me of my past sin. You'll even forgive me for the sin I don't even know about yet as long as I walk in a place of repentance and and trusting you. And so I do that right now. I trust you. I invite you to come into my life. Have complete control. Be my Lord and Savior. Be my best friend. Help me to understand more of your word. Help me to understand more of your love. Help me to be connected to the body of Christ like I've never been connected before thank you for your grace and forgive me. Lord, for all of us, myself included, as we deal with failures, we deal with those difficult times in life. God, I thank you that because of your son, Jesus, we can always fail forward. We can always be picked up by your spirit. You'll dust us off and you'll set us along in your purpose and plan again. We thank you for that promise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. A lot of people getting right with Jesus. Praise God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, rededicate your life to him, please let us know about it. It's, it's like the greatest thing that we could hear about. You can f- just let us know on the connect card. Uh, you can drop it in these bo- boxes that are by the doors or take it out to the welcome center. We just, we wanna be celebrating that, be praying for you in that decision. If you have any questions about what's next well i'll tell you what's next in two weeks we're going to have a water baptism service at every one of our services it'd be a great time for you to go public with your decision to follow jesus we're going to take communion here in just a second pastor rick had a message that he wanted to share just from his heart so get ready to get into the easter season we're going to listen to that together and then we'll have communion let's watch
1: hey new life church I gotta say, my favorite time in every service, every service, is when somebody makes a decision for Christ. I love it. It reminds me of this verse in Scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, in verse 30. It says, He that wins souls is wise. You know, the Lord loves it when someone is added to his name. All of heaven rejoices when just one person comes to know the Lord. This reminds me of what we're about to do. We're about to take communion. And your Lord and Savior, He asked for us to come together and to take communion and to remember Him, to remember what He died for. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is coming. We're just a week away. And I want to encourage you, as you take communion this very day, for you to be thinking about Easter. But for you to think about Easter the way Jesus... I would love for you to be thinking about someone who needs the cross, someone who hasn't met the Lord, someone who has wandered away from the things of God. I want you to be thinking about the one. We always talk about the value of a soul. Nothing values souls more than Christ and nothing Christ did values souls more than Easter. So I want to encourage you as we take communion together for you to be praying about the one you need to invite. Because here's what I see can happen. I believe they'll come to Easter and they'll meet Christ. And then the next weekend we'll baptize them. That means in the next two weeks you could see a friend change for eternity. So as we get ready to take communion, would you please be thinking about the one who needs Christ? God bless you, New Life Church. I love being a pastor with you.
0: Let's all stand together if you don't mind couple things about communion here at New Life Church. First of all, we don't believe that you have to be a member of our church to take communion with us, but you do need to be a Christ follower. The word says that when you take communion, not to take it in an unworthy fashion. So even if you're a believer, what this is about is it's about us remembering that because of what Jesus did, what happened to his body, the shedding of his blood, that we can come before him clean, we can come before him restored. And so as you're getting these elements, and as you go back to your chair, I just ask you to spend some time and examine yourself. Make sure there's, there's no unforgiveness, no bitterness you've got towards someone. If there is, just deal with that right there. Just confess that before God. If there's unconfessed sin, a secret sin you've got going on, just confess that before God. Because he made the sacrifice so that we don't have to carry those things. That's why he told us to remember him so that we could remember that we don't have to carry those things. I'm going to pray as soon as I'm done praying. Just follow the left side of your, your row. As soon as the row in front of you is in the aisle, just file in behind them. Everybody will come up, grab the elements, go back to your seat on the other side and just hold onto those. Stay in a place of reverence and worship and then we'll take the elements together in a little bit. Let me pray real quick. Father, we just give you this time. I think You're going to move powerful way, Lord. We don't want to just do this as sacraments, Lord. We want to do it out of relationship. So we slow down now. And we remember you, Jesus. What you did on the cross, not just for the crowd, but for me. For each of us individually. Holy Spirit, move in this time and reveal to us the things that maybe we've we've got we're carrying around that we don't need to. We thank you for it in Jesus'
2: name. Amen. Alright, let's go ahead and move at the elements yeah. For you desperate for you, I surrender. I'm not afraid to